Turn to uh, God's Word now. Um, a number of years ago, a couple, a, a couple of friends of ours, Gary and Debbie, who were from South Africa, had emigrated to Australia. And um, they had invested a lot of time and energy and their life savings in a, in a let's call it a business venture. And unfortunately, that, that, that business venture didn't um, take off as they had expected, and they had to uh, close up shop. And we got a call from them, and they asked us if we would uh, go down and spend some time with them as they just grieved um, the loss of their dreams and their, their hopes and their aspirations for their life. And so Louise and I, uh, we went down and we sat with them as they cried and just processed um, um, the loss of their dream. And they were really, really grieving. And um, so we prayed with them and said, look, why don't we just take you out for lunch and um, um, kind of just, just be with you in this time of sadness. So uh, Lou and I and Gary and Debbie went off to a, a, a cafe in a shopping centre close by to where they lived. And we're sitting there. It's kind of a really, really sad time. And then all of a sudden, out of, out of the blue, I can't remember what happened, but Gary and I just began to giggle over nothing in particular. And the kind of the giggling continued until um, it became quite raucous laughter. Um, the, um, the, the owner of the cafe came over to us and said, I don't know what you're on, but I would really like some, please. <laughs> we just couldn't stop, stop laughing. We'd gone from, from this place of real grieving and, and sadness and sorrow to um, what became actually hysterical laughter. Um, Louise and Debbie were starting to feel a little bit embarrassed by our behaviour. And no matter how hard we tried to stop ourselves, you know, um, to put the brakes on this thing, we couldn't stop laughing. We finished our meal. We then um, walked out of the cafe into the shopping centre and we were doubled up with laughter. We pressed the button to get into the lift and we were so hysterical by this point that this poor lady and her young child who were in the lift thought we, must have thought we were drunk and um, they got out of the lift with this look of terror on their face. Well, we, we, got, we were so overwhelmed with joy um, when we arrived in the car park to get into our cars. Gary and I then fell onto um, the car bonnet and then proceeded to roll around the floor of, of, the, um, of the car park. It was this incredible uh, moment where we went from absolute um, sorrow and despair into um, incredible joy. The Bible talks about a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And in that moment, um, that's what we experienced. In Psalm chapter 30 and verse 11, it says, um, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. In the Christmas story, uh, which uh, we read about in Luke chapter 1, we see Mary, who is to become um, the mother of, of Jesus, is um, greeted by an angel. And the angel Gabriel, um, uh, who is a messenger sent from God, brings a message to Mary. And the very first word of this message from God to Mary is actually the word rejoice. Mary, rejoice. Mary, be joyful. Mary, be glad. Mary, be happy. 
there's uh, something within all of us that, that wants to experience happiness and laughter. I don't think any one of us woke up this morning and said, I just really want to have a miserable day. You know, I'm, t- I'm so tired of being happy. I just want to kind of be glum and uh, morose today. Did anybody wake up feeling that way? No. We all would love to experience that sense of, of joy and happiness. And um, uh, Blaise Pascal uh, picks up on this human longing for happiness when he writes, People wish to be happy and only to be happy and cannot wish not to be so. Isn't that a great quote? People wish to be happy and only to be happy and cannot wish not to be so. Louise and I got an extra boost of joy just over a week ago when uh, our son Nate uh, uh, and his lovely wife, our daughter-in-law Lorna, gave birth to a little daughter, our, our, our granddaughter. And they named her Maya Joy. Maya Joy. And um, she's our little bundle of joy. But every one of us um, needs a little joy in their life, don't we? We all need some joy in our lives. You can tell that I'm a doting grandfather, can't you? Yeah. The Bible tells us that um, joy is incredibly important. In Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, it says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Um, joy helps us to stay resilient. When we lose our joy, we lose energy and we lose motivation. Then Proverbs chapter 17 says that a cheerful heart is good medicine. So happiness is medicinal. It's therapeutic. Joy, according to the Bible, is good for our health. Happiness is actually a right now is a major focus of research. And researchers are trying to work out what happiness is and what it is that makes us happy. And so this is some of the latest research that um, um, these um, studies are discovering. First of all, um, and this is good news, is that um, money doesn't buy happiness. Money doesn't buy happiness. Um, What researchers have discovered is that once we have enough money to pay our bills and to keep us in a reasonable lifestyle, having more money doesn't result in more happiness. If it did then um, um, Kerry Packer's dead, isn't he? Who's his son now? What's his son's name? Um, James Packer. James Packer would be a really, really happy individual if money bought you happiness. Secondly, um, research has found that relationships actually determine happiness. Um, The stronger our social connections are, the happier we are likely to be. And uh, relational satisfaction is the most reliable indicator of our level of joy. Thirdly, um, happy people prioritise events over things. So people who spend time doing things together, like um, going on picnics or going away on holidays together, are generally happier than those who buy bigger houses or better cars. So for us as a family, now as our kids have got older, we don't so much buy them presents. Um, what we do is we, we do events together. We have experiences together. So a couple of years ago, we went to the U2, U2 concert. Um, last year, we went um, uh, clay pigeon shooting and go-kart racing together. 
Number four, happy people value um, simple pleasures. Savoring the, the small things in life, such as a good meal, um, a soak in a warm bath, or water, water in the garden helps um, facilitate joy in our lives. And number five, um, happy people tend to live healthier and longer lives. And so it turns out that Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 is actually true. A cheerful heart is good medicine. The problem is that while we all want to be happy, joy can be um, somewhat elusive or, or fleeting at times. And many, many people actually live um, joyless lives. Um, life isn't quite what they'd imagined it was going to be. Or they watch the news and um, they get concerned about world events. Or you um, support the English cricket team and all of your joy dissipates on day three. That one was for Mike. Good on you, Mike. And this is actually where the Bible is um, incredibly helpful. It provides us with practical advice on, on how to cultivate happiness in our lives. Firstly, um, we need to understand that, as, that for followers of Jesus, and uh, this is kind of, kind of uh, challenging, but it's true, that joy is a command. In Philippians 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And then in 1 Thessalonians, the Bible says, always be joyful. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, always be joyful. <laughs> for this is God's will for, the, for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So God's word commands us to be joyful. If you are a Christian, um, joy is not an, obstacle, uh, an optional extra. You know, when you go and buy a new car, you have the option of putting mag wheels on your car, don't you? You can kind of get some mags. Joy is not like mag wheels as an optional extra. Joy is actually mandatory. It is it's standard practice um, for those of us who are following Jesus. William Barclay said, A gloomy Christian is a contradiction in terms. And nothing in all religious history has done uh, Christianity more harm than, in, than its connection with black clothes and long faces. I like that. You know, and this is, this is my conviction, church should actually be the happiest place on earth if we just obeyed God's command to be joyful. Lynn, was, uh, Lynn Edwards was talking to me just recently. She said to me, Steve, I've got to try and figure out what makes you tick. What's your philosophy of ministry? And I said, two things. Um, one is I believe that we should be humble as Christians because the world's pers perspective of Christians is so often is we're judgmental and we're arrogant. And I think we should take a posture of humility and just admit that we are all a work in progress, that we don't have our life together. And that's why sometimes I share uh, things about Louise's personal life, all of the, <laughs> the, the, the challenges that she has to face, just so to let you know that we're, we're humble, we're, we're, we're honest about our, our frailties. And secondly, um, it's humour. The thing that prevents a lot of people from becoming Christians is they know Christians and they don't want to become one because Christians seem to be so joyless. And I think church 
should be a place of fun. We deal with serious issues, but we can do that uh, with a smile on our face. And everybody said? That's good. All right. Um, Secondly, joy is a choice. Because joy is a command, it's therefore a decision or a choice that we make. Like every other command, we choose to obey or disobey God's commands. What is really interesting is that researchers have discovered that um, genetics and environment account for about 50% of our level of joy. So half of our, of our happiness is actually predetermined by our DNA and, um, and, our, and our personality. It's kind of hardwired into us. And so about 50% of that is, is a predisposition. And so you might have a low level of, um, of, of joy. But the good news is that we're responsible for the other 50% of joy. We can actually do something about raising the level of joy in our lives. When, when Louise and I first um, got married, or before we got married, I said, Louise, my, my goal for our marriage and for our family is I just want us to have a happy home. That's all I want. I just want to have a happy marriage and a happy home. And so I made a, a decision to be intentional about trying to create um, joy and laughter and fun within, uh, in, within our household. And I was really successful at it, at least from my perspective. I'm funny. At least I think I'm funny. And so one of the things that we used to do with the kids is um, we lived in a, in a suburb um, that had sort of one road in and one road out. And we'd come home on a night time and um, the kids would get very excited because we'd, we'd go to the top of the, this suburb where we lived, this uh, um, housing estate where we lived, and I'd say, OK, kids, we'd turn the, the lights off the, on the car off so nobody could see us. Then we would wind the windows down. We, we had those days. Remember when you used to have to turn the handle? Who remembers that? We actually had to turn a handle to wind. Yeah, yeah, we were so poor we had to turn the handle like that. <laughs> we'd wind the windows down. I'd say, OK, Oh, kids, go for it. So we then all hang our heads out of, our, out of the window of the car, except for Louise, because she used to be so embarrassed. And we would all bark like dogs. Now, there was a reason for this, is because when we barked, what it did was it set off a chain reaction <laughs> all the way through the suburb. And so we could, we could hear, we'd go, woof, woof. And then it would start and it would just cascade all its way down and we would be in absolute hysterics. Sometimes you just have to decide to have fun. It's a command, but it's also a choice. And sometimes we just have to put on joy. You know what? We need to be aware of or beware of when and then thinking. Be, 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 that's hard to say. Beware of when and then thinking. When and then thinking is, when I get married, then I will be happy. I just saw somebody shake their head there. (laughs) 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 Or when I stop being married, then I will be happy. (laughs) Or when when I get a new job, then I will be happy. And actually, actually, we just need to make a choice and a decision in our current circumstances and situation to put on joy as best as we're able to. And thirdly, um, joy comes 
from our connection uh, with God. You know, one of the reasons that we can actually intentionally put on joy is because joy comes from God and God lives within us. In Galatians chapter 5, it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There you go. I do read my Bible. It's about the only thing I've memorized. (laughs) Um, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Joy. And joy is actually an overflow of our connection and relationship with God. Um, I've been watching a, a, a Netflix series about the royal family called uh, The Crown. Has anybody else watched The Crown? It's, uh, it's, it's really very, very good. And when the Queen is in residence at Buckingham Palace or at Balmoral Castle or wherever else she uh, happens to live, um, what they do is they, they hoist a flag which is called the Royal Standard to let everybody know that the Queen is at home. The Queen is in residence. When I first became a Christian in the, um, a long time ago, um, there was a song that we used to sing, and some of you will know it, called Joy is the Flag Flown High from the Castle of My Heart. We're not going to sing that, because <laughs> God has delivered us from those <laughs> kinds of songs. You know, here I was, I, I used to wear black plastic pants and whatever, and I go to church, and there's people singing these daggy songs, and they'd whip out their handkerchiefs, um, which, you know, not exactly healthy, all these germs. And, and we would sing, Joy is the flag flown high from the castle of my heart, from the castle of my heart, from the castle of my heart. Joy is the flag flown high from the castle of my heart, for the king is in residence there. Um, because Jesus is resident within us, G- joy is ours. If the choir want to start uh, making their way up. Um, in Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through to 11, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields near- nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. I love that little line. Good news, great joy. Good news, great joy. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. What is Christmas about Well, it's actually, the Christmas story is good news that is meant to bring great joy into our lives. Jesus, the Saviour, has come. And this is the good news story. This is the message of Christmas, is that God is not our enemy. Jesus is evidence. Jesus is proof that God has reached out towards humanity. God has reached out to you. Your instincts may be telling you that God is against you. But actually nothing could be further from the truth. No matter who you are, what you've done, or where you've been, God is not your enemy. God is your friend. And that is substantiated by the fact that God sent 
his son. In John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, probably the most uh, well-known verses in all of the Bible, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. The coming of Jesus is a symbol or a message to us, good news of great joy.